0: Hey guys, I'm excited to be back with you this week, uh, kicking off a, a new series called "Politically Correct" that's going to be taking us from now through the election. And uh, if I'm being honest, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit nervous to be to be jumping into this and tackling this, uh, as you might imagine, with the the cur- current moment that we're in uh, in in our culture, uh, with polarization and and just tensions at an all time high and and probably only projecting to get worse between now and the election that we as you might imagine will cover some some things that may be considered sensitive or controversial within this series and if there's a a reason for that nervousness it's it's because we want to do that as as Best as we possibly can. If you call Awaken home, um, if you belong to one of our missional communities, or if you've just been watching these videos over the past several weeks, you have invited us in some way to have a voice into your life. And we do not take that responsibility lightly. And so we want to speak to things that are relevant and important. Um, and we want to just do that as, as best as we can. And so uh, if you've been at Awaken for a period of time, you know that some series that we tackle that might be a little sensitive in nature that we like to set ground rules for ourselves, right? Just to make sure that you know what to expect that we can uh you guys can hold us accountable to and so for some of you this may come as a relief for some of you it may be disappointing right uh but the ground rules that we've set for ourselves for this series is that we are not in any way going to tell you how you should vote uh our goal throughout this series is to try to answer the question how should a Christian engage with politics uh, but we will not be supporting any particular party platform or candidate. We will not be telling you how you should vote. Our goal instead is to give you throughout the series um, some principles or some guidelines that we hope will be helpful for you as you determine, uh what um party platform or candidate that you would support and so this is uh we on the co-leadership team all have our own opinions personally and we would be happy to to talk to you about those over uh in in a a better environment right over some coffee or drink or over a meal um but throughout this series we are not going to be in in this medium in this environment going to be telling you how to vote or supporting any particular party platform or candidate those are the ground rules that we've set out for ourselves so um if I look back over my life politically, there have been seasons in my life where I've been on the conservative side of the spectrum. Uh, there have been seasons in my life where I've been more on the progressive side of the political spectrum. And then there have been seasons in my life where I've just considered myself, um, I guess, apolitical would be the best way to describe it, right? That, uh, that the current um, two-party system, America, is so uh, broken, is so inherently flawed and irredeemable that there's no... Uh, overall good that can come from it, that there's no way the kingdom of God would ever be uh, built or grown or advanced uh, through the use of this just completely flawed and irredeemable system. And um, I do, to be honest with you, still still feel that way. But uh, in the midst of that, uh, I was able to hear somebody speak who told me something that really changed the way that I that I view that and really changed and challenged my view of how Christians should engage in politics. And so I'm going to share that with you today, and, and that'll be kind of our, our, our principle that we're going to look at today. But before I do, I want to give uh, just a real quick history lesson because I feel that there's a kind of a kindred spirit that, that the church in America today, those who are really trying to live by the, the, the principles that Jesus taught can find a kindred uh, spirit of sorts uh, with the Israelites in the Old Testament. And so if, if you if you um, are unfamiliar with that, the Israelites uh, were God's chosen people. They were the, the people that God had set aside specifically and, and distinctly to represent him to the rest of the world, to be uh, His image in the world, to to live in such a way that represented him to the culture around them. And in the sixth century uh, BCE, uh, the Israelite people were actually conquered by the Babylonian Empire. They conquered the kingdom of Judah uh, and they deported the Israelites from their home where they had been into the Babylonian Empire. And so they lived as refugees in the Babylonian Empire in a, in a, uh, a land, in a culture that was not theirs. Um, and they had to figure out um, they were completely surrounded by a culture that was unlike theirs, and they had to figure out how to maintain their uh, spiritual and cultural identity um, among uh, the societal pressures of of just a world that was did not respect or did not um, was not complementary with with their views. And so, um, uh, in the midst of this, God sends the prophet Jeremiah to write a letter uh, to those Jews that are experiencing that exile, those Jews in Babylon. Um, And this is, this is the letter that he writes. And I don't think it was the one that they probably were expecting or wanted to get, but in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, we're going to read verses five through seven. This is the letter that Jeremiah writes to the Jews that are currently in exile in Babylon. He says, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters. And so the Israelite people there in in Babylon were waiting for uh, salvation. They were waiting to be rescued, to go back home and have their nation restored. And instead, Jeremiah writes this letter and he says, no, put down roots, build homes, build gardens, eat from the land, get married, uh, give your children in marriage. And most importantly, pray for and work for the good of the city where I have placed you, because as it prospers, you too will prosper. And I think that there is, a again, a kindred spirit that the church, those who are uh, at, at, distinctly those who are trying to follow the principles that Jesus taught, um, can can find a, a kindred relationship with the Israelites in Babylon. Because here in America, we too, if we're trying to live faithfully to those principles, we should find ourselves surrounded by a culture, uh, doesn't matter if it's left or right, that does not value the same things uh, that, that we as Christ followers value and that we they are not pursuing the same things that we as Christ followers are pursuing. And so I think we can find, uh, we have that same struggle of, Hey, we're living in a world that is not our home. We are not meant for this world, but at the same time, we have to figure out how to, um, maintain our, uh, spiritual and cultural identity here among the, a world that is not our own. And then to do, uh, I think the challenge is—is is what Jeremiah challenged them to, to also work for the good of the nation in which we find ourselves, and to—to uh, to work for its prosperity, and that in doing so, the church here in America would also prosper. And so I think that's a—that's a—that's a, a real challenge. And the difference, uh, you know, we have that kindred relationship, but I think the big difference is that the Israelites uh, in Babylon did not have any. Kind of, um, they were refugees, so they had no kind of power or privilege or political uh, representation or any way um, to to do those kinds of things. And the church in America does. The church in America, unlike the Israelites, we have the ability to, to some extent, to shape the Babylon in which we find ourselves. We have the ability through the political process and through uh, leveraging the the ability that we have uh, within democracy to to in some way shape the culture and the, the world of the Babylon that we find ourselves in. Um, this leads us to uh, the, the kind of the thing that challenged when I was in this apolitical mindset. Uh, I had the privilege at, at, a, at a workshop a couple years ago to listen to, um, to hear Professor Christina Pohl speak. Uh, Christina Pohl is a professor of Christian ethics at Asbury Theological Seminary. And as I, as I was listening to her speak, she made a comment that almost was like a throwaway offhand comment, but landed with me so heavily that it it really challenged the way again, that I, I felt like the Christian has a responsibility or to engage in politics. And this is what she says. She says, your citizenship is a form of stewardship. I'm going to say that one more time. Your citizenship is a form of stewardship. And so to really unpack, what this means, we need to know what stewardship is, right? And so this idea of of stewardship, we talked about this at Awaken before, it's not a new term for us, but this idea of, of stewardship is utilizing um, all of the resources that God has given you for the glory of God and the building of his kingdom. Uh, utilizing everything that God has given you uh, for the glory of God and for the building of his kingdom. And we usually at Awaken, when we talk about this, we're talking about it through the lens of, of giving, right? Uh, um, and because we at Awaken, we don't teach uh, towards giving. We don't teach an obligatory tithe, but rather we uh, ask people to view this idea of giving through the the lenses of, of generosity and stewardship. Again, this idea of Stewardship meaning that everything that we have comes from God, right? And so it's not like 10% we can give back to God and the rest of it we can do whatever we want with, right? Um, it's this idea that every single thing that we have comes from God. And so we must figure out how do we steward it? How do we use all of it in such a way um, that brings God glory and, and builds his kingdom? And so when when uh, when Professor Pohl said your citizenship is a form of stewardship, uh, it really challenged me because I realized as as in that apolitical kind of world that I was living in, um, I was not viewing my ability uh, to have an impact politically in shaping the world around me. I was not viewing that as one of the resources that God has given me to bring him glory and to build his kingdom. And so if we view our citizenship as a form of our stewardship, then we have a responsibility to use it just like everything else that God has blessed us with to seek God's glory and to build his kingdom here on earth. Um, I think when I was in that kind of apolitical stage, I thought that it was enough that I could just divorce myself from the political system altogether, that I could love God and love people. And I, it didn't matter what the government did. I could do those things regardless of which party was in charge and what laws were passed. Um, but, but I think I was really challenged in that moment that is it, is it really loving people? Uh, if I love someone, right, and they're continually being hurt by someone else, and I have the ability, at least in some way, to relieve that pain, and I don't do it, then am I really loving that person well? And I think for me, that's what divorcing myself from the political system looked like, is I could love people to the best of my ability as an individual or even as a church, but if there are certain people in our culture that are... Um, that are that have harm done on them because of the political system. It's not enough for me to completely uh, ignore the leverage and ignore the ab- ability that I have to try to work towards lessening that. And and it's not truly loving them in that way, if that makes sense. Um, the political system in this in this country will never ever be a vehicle by which God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. I still believe that as much as I as I ever have. But I think what I, what I have realized is that that's, it's not designed to do that. <laughs> the, the political system in this country is not designed to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. But if we as Christ followers understand stewardship to be utilizing all of the resources that we've been given to build God's kingdom, right? Rather than just to build up things for ourselves, to build up our own kingdom, but utilizing all the resources that we've been given to build God's kingdom, if we truly understand that, then that should include the power and the privilege that we have to reshape Babylon, to reshape the culture and society around us to even slightly better resemble God's kingdom. And so this is, this is the, the first principle that we're going to use for how should a Christian engage in politics is the understanding that your citizenship here in this country is a form of your stewardship. And so I've got, uh, this is just kind of the idea we wanna leave you with in our missional communities, just the seed of an idea that you will hopefully have some really good and fruitful discussion and conversations around. And so I'm gonna leave you with three questions uh, to, to use to kind of um, be conversation starters, to get those conversations going. And so the first question um, is, uh, it's, a, it's a head question, right, as always. And so the first question is, if God's kingdom were to truly come on earth as it is in heaven, what would that look like? I'll read it again. If God's kingdom were to truly come on earth as it is in heaven, what would that look like? Paint that picture as 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 you think about this, as you ponder this, as you meditate on it. Um, you know, Jesus teaches us to pray that God's kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. If that were to truly happen, what would that look like? The second question, and I I think we we really want to be honest with ourselves when we we look at this, the second question is, as you kind of, you know, paint that image for yourself of what um, God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven would look like, second question is, what tensions do you find in yourself between that image and your ideal version of America? I'll say that again, what tensions do you find in yourself between that image of what uh, God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven would look like, what tensions do you find between, in yourself between that image and your ideal version of America? Finally, uh, the last question is not a question. Instead, it's a challenge that I'm going to give to you. This is where we go from uh, head to heart to hands to actually putting something into practice. And uh, this, is, this is my challenge for you guys uh, as this last, last thing that I'll leave you with is I wanna challenge you to have a conversation about what we've just talked about. Have a conversation about this with one person outside of your missional community this week find one person, whether it's in person, whether it's over the phone or text or video chat or even social media, have a conversation about what we've just talked about with one person outside of your missional community this week. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm excited to be able to kick off this this with you. And as we've kind of planned how we're going to approach this series, I'm so excited for you guys to be able to hear the rest of it and hear the the others that are going to speak into this throughout the series. And uh, again, I just pray for the conversations that you guys are going to be having, that they would be fruitful, uh, that these, would, these principles would just be the seeds that are planted uh, to have some really great and rich discussions around in your missional community. So God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.